0: hey hey what's up y'all it's your girl no mercy here it's tuesday night so you already know what time it is it's time for no punches pulled with me no mercy some of you know who i am if i have any newbies out there my name is brooke Milbrook, formerly known in the fight business as brooke no mercy Deerdorf. i am a retired professional boxer held the wbc lightweight title until i retired and i was inducted into the international women's boxing hall of fame in 2022 i personally have been through some good some bad and of course a lot of bs in the sport of women's boxing but this is my platform this is where we talk the talk and we walk the walk we're going to bring in bring out the truth in women's boxing you're going to hear from pioneers of the sport past boxers current boxers we'll even have some future boxers on we're going to get down and dirty though, speaking the truth of what takes place behind the scenes in women's boxing. So you don't want to miss a single show. So please make sure you like, subscribe, and you're sharing this so we can get some more people in here and get them educated on the history of women's boxing. Tonight though, I am sitting down with renowned retired professional boxer, Sharon Wild thing During her career, she fearlessly pursued fights with top-ranked opponents, regardless of location or the odds stacked against her. She fought all over the world, including England, the US, and Japan. She held multiple titles, including the first ever WBC World Female Featherweight title in 2005, and it was awarded the WBC Emeritus title in 2007. She shared the ring with the best of the best such as Jane Couch, Joe Wyman, Amiko Wakia, Lisa Brown, Marcella Acuna, and Esther Shouten, just to name a few. She retwi- retired with a very impressive record of 14 and 3. She was the first woman to receive an award from the Australian National Boxing Federation. She received an outside, as Outstanding Achievement Award and was named First Lady of Australian Boxing. She was awarded the australian fighter of the year also in 2001 she was recently inducted into the international women's boxing hall of fame in 2020. please help me welcome sharon Años to the show what's Hello. going on champ how are you incredible introduction that was thank you so much it's all true. It's all facts. 100% facts. You were. Yeah, like
1: I'm, I'm uh, a long line from there to where I am now. It's been a big life chat.
0: <laughs> oh, don't we all? Don't we all? it ha- Life happens. It happens. I appreciate you taking the time to join me, though, um especially with the time difference. We finally got that settled from Australia to the US. And we got that going. It was quite humorous trying to figure that out. I was finally like asking Eric my my guy in the background hey how do i tell her what time it is and he's like just follow the countdown i'm like all right that's a good idea
1: yeah (laughs) Um,
0: but yeah it's great to sit down with you talk about your legendary career um but it it's it's um it's just exciting but why don't you first take us back tell us a little bit about your childhood and what led you to the sport of boxing
1: oh that's a great question before i do i just want to say to anyone out there um when brooke first started talking about putting this together i was like yeah yeah i'll jump on she's like and she said to me you want to get in quick i think i left it maybe two or three days before i got back to her and it was booked out until july so anyone that's listening into this she's doing an incredible job and she's been a lot of real raw and i guess all the truth there's yeah. great things about boxing. There's crap things about boxing. There's just incredible experiences. There's so much about it. Um, so well done, and thank you so much for, for yeah. placing me in the. Yeah, in the world. I
0: really appreciate that. It's so funny because talking to the team in the back, and I, I don't, it was long, wasn't very long in like right after I booked you. I was out to yeah like July or something, but I'm all the way till ne- like the middle of next year now. So we've got a lot of great, great interviews coming. I've been working hard trying to book people. But, yeah, yeah, it's just great, the feedback I get. And you'd be surprised how many people I reach out to that obviously we've never met or had spoken prior to. But they're like, I don't normally do that kind of stuff, like the podcast and stuff, but I will for you. And I'm like, really? Like, that means a lot to me. So, yeah, it's yeah. great to have you here. We finally got the date, and, and it's here.
1: Well, awesome. Thank you. So, okay, so if I go back, uh, I grew up in a uh, whole country town. Uh, well, we traveled a lot when I was a baby, but like I don't remember. I've got three older brothers um, Richard, Daniel, and Brian, uh, and Daniel. Uh, I think they were my first lessons on how to punch on real quick. <laughs> when <laughs> you're the young sister. Yeah. And the only sister. Um, yeah, I, I started learning how to become cunning when it comes to getting back either my teddy bears or anything that belonged to me they wanted to toss around between them. and. There was lots of teasing and lots of sibling, I guess, sibling rivalry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I remember, I remember sitting down doing my homework at the table one night, and I would have been thirteen. And my dad was just saying to me, like, "You've got to get this. You've got to get this. And you've got to get this done." And I'm like, "I really don't need to." And he's like, "And why not?" And I said, "Well, I don't need this this information. I don't need Pythagoras theorem to count money. Like, I don't need that." And he's like, "Oh, we're counting money." He goes, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I just want to be the, the champion of the world. I had no idea what platform. I had been a karate, like I started karate when I was about six. Um, so I it wasn't about, was I going to be a karate champion of the world? It's just like I just wanted to be a champion of the world. I just wanted to be an example. I wanted to just, I knew back then that I was here for a purpose and I wanted to make a difference to many, many, many women. Yeah. Right back then, when I was thirteen, it was making a difference to girls. we letting we are kind of stuck in a box, like you know, school, work. Like we're stuck in a box. So for a girl, even now, like I hear people like I could never watch a girl fight. Like I just, I just don't understand why we have to be stuck in such a, a box of this is what you meant to meant to do. And I, I, I keep saying to my parents, I honestly take it back to when I was really young. And I had ballerina wallpaper all over my room. I was never going to be the ballerina. Yeah. I had three brothers. There was If I had three sisters, maybe. Three brothers. I was like BMX bikes. I was like black jeans. I was like, yeah. let's go. Who's playing cricket? So, so, yeah, I grew up very, very different.
0: Yeah, I had two older brothers too. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I had no sisters. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I, I will say. I will say everything that's going on in the world right now, um, even though as much as I love being a tomboy when I was younger, uh, if somebody had suggested something crazy like gender reassignment, I'm, I probably would have thought about it then, but oh my gosh, when I got to being a woman, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't know any of that. So yeah. totally off topic, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. What's happening in the world now compared to what we had. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm really grateful that I got to experience life as a tomboy, but then I could dress up and be a girl when I wanted to, and then I could turn into a
0: like a lady when yeah. I was ready.
1: So it was yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, it's it's just that's just when you grow up with only brothers and especially older brothers, it's that's what you're. That's all you see. That's all you're around is like the sports and the roughness, and and you want to just play with your siblings. Um, so it, it, that's just what it is. But that, like you said, it doesn't mean just because you were a tomboy and you did boy things because you had brothers that, you can't just still be a girl or a lady or polite or dress up and look nice and um, and then box too. Like if there, it's just like, it's just two different worlds, two different personalities, uh, but all in one.
1: Yeah, I love how you just said that book because that's how it always felt. Like I would turn up to Wayne's, and I'd be in lingerie and I would have my hair and makeup done and up in a skirt with my heels and I would look amazing and I would strip down and then I just remember so many women just looking at me thinking oh I'm gonna they're they're just thinking they're actually saying I'm gonna knock you out like you're just you're just too easy and then you would get the ring and you just got the like you're like this tiger like this lion and it's yeah yeah, you become completely different
0: yeah totally different and yeah people just don't understand that yeah and and that's the the persona back then even even like back when it first started was a lot of times they would say that they looked too feminine and now it's like we don't look feminine enough yeah so it's like make up your mind which way do you want it to be do you want us to look feminine or you don't want us to look feminine but then there is those that do come out and look extremely feminine and they're just doing it for show, and they actually can't fight but those of us that can You can look nice all the way up till it's time to get in the ring. But then, you know, we get our hair braided or whatever the case may be. And then we look totally different, but yeah, that's how it is.
1: And it's like, it's like you're, I used to think so right early on. I started, I did karate, um, from the age of six. Now I went into full contact karate. Like I was winning tournaments right throughout my childhood. And like as a black belt. And then I went into full contact karate. And back then it was like, it was like um, pad, like feet pads and hand pads. That was kind of more of your full contact. I did Kashiki um, karate. I uh, know. Oh so the pads is when kickboxing come into Australia. So I, I dabbled into the kick, the start of light contact kickboxing, and then it become full contact, then it become Muay Thai. I literally ran out of, even from karate, if I would sign into the division, 30 yeah. women would pull out and say they're not going to fight because I was obviously going to win. Yeah. So I then, or well, maybe should I go against the men? And then end up being me and my three brothers fighting off for first, second, and third, right? Yeah. And then it was like, what's next? Where do I go? Where do I progress to? Because um, one of the things I want to talk about as well that's really important is sometimes when it's finishing one thing, we kind of feel like that's our identity and then we feel like we're losing our identity yeah. and then how to kind of deal with that. So that's something I want to bring up after. Um, but then I just kind of progressed to, touch, contact, kickboxing, then full contact, then Muay Thai. Then, so I literally fought every code there was for even to boxing. Um, I was in the boxing gym. I had Joe Bugner, the boxing famous heavyweight uh, world champion who'd gone the distance with Muhammad Ali twice. Um Hungarian, our background is Hungarian as well. My dad's Hungarian. Uh, we're in the boxing. You know, i meant to get on a plane, we've got media in there, we're training, I'm to be on a plane like within two days, heading to Japan to fight for a Muay Thai world title, um, and then Dad gets a phone call from the promoter saying, you know, we're not going to take the fight, the girl's retired, and Dad's like, we'll just find someone else, and we'll be on the plane, we'll be there, and just find someone else, because no, 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 you don't understand, the girl has retired, only until Sharon steps away from, from Muay Thai, and then she'll come out again, and we're not going to promote we yeah. want to promote our girls, and I'm like, Dad's like, got all the media, all the media in the gym. He goes up to journey, he goes, Well, oh, they're full of the fight, what am I going to do? The whole gym is full, and he said, Well, put her on mic, <laughs> keep her feet on the ground. And he goes, No, she we'll never listens to the people, we can try. That was literally my introduction into boxing. I had another, I think, four or six weeks of care, the and then I went and for the title in boxing like really quickly. Cool. Like, that was my introduction. I just kept running
0: out of the phone. Yeah. You just couldn't, couldn't nobody want to fight you. So we'll just keep go to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, whatever works so, as long as you can get somebody to sign the paper. It didn't really matter at that point, which, which sport you were fighting, you knew them all. No,
1: that's, that's right. So I've gone from one boxing like one fighting code to the next. So I've kind of progressed yeah. all my way to boxing. And you know, like I've even, um, after I started having children, I even people saying to me about USC and the money in USC and Oh, like I respect all athletes. And I respect all people that climb through the, especially when you're climbing through the ropes. It yeah. doesn't matter whether it's cage fighting or through the ropes. Yeah. But I can't get this thing of, I remember coming out of a nightclub when I was like 18. And I remember these guys like beating up, this guy was beating up another guy. And I just remember hearing like knuckle on bone. And I remember hearing his head hit the concrete. And I'm like, and the guy was like helpless. I was on top of his and I'm like we've got people end up pulling him off in but I'm like when I kind of look at UFC it takes me back subconsciously to that moment of someone being on the ground and not being able to protect themselves and I know UFC is completely different but I'm like oh I'm not sure if I could step through that subconscious memory of how horrible that sounded and what I felt so not that I I don't love it but I kind of stopped boxing was kind of my last one
0: yeah yeah like the final straw where you couldn't go past go past that that level i got you yeah you never forgot the sound of that michael yeah yeah that, that'd be hard to do um but when you started but once you started boxing very similar to my career and you went started fighting right to the top ranked fighters right off the bat um, you faced veteran jane couch who was 10 and 2 at the time in just your fourth fight in london very similar to my fourth fight when I fought Mia St. John for the first time, who was like 40-something, and I don't even know, but she had over 50 fights, and I had four. So, very similar pass. I love, love, love that about you. Just went straight to the top. Um, but though you did lose the decision, it was a close fight, and you did receive, receive the Outstanding Achievement Award for the fight with her. Um, can you tell us about the fight, how you felt it went and receiving the awards so early on in your career?
1: Yeah, it was, um, I literally, I had three fights and they were like lit four round fights, like four rounds, four rounds, four rounds. Like some of them, like I stopped in like the first fight I had, I stopped in the second round. I remember dad yeah. saying to me, television here. Yeah. This is on the big Joe Bookner, James Bone Crusher Smith night here on the Gold Coast. And he said, you're on TV here. So whatever you do, do not knock her out in round one. Now I didn't even know inside could I knock her out. In round one. Like I just looked at her at the weigh-in and thought, "Oh, you're gone." Like I just, like I just, you, you like get that. Once the once the weigh-in, the, every time it's like the weigh-in them in front of you and you're like, "Oh, I'm like eating you alive, literally, literally." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right. You know how you're feeling, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> and then there's the weigh-ins. Where you're like, oh, this is going to be a tough fight. Like you just yeah. know feeling in the energy of the person so when i got off to jane couch we were just i just take anything take anything but i was very adamant that i wanted to fight only the top five in the world like i just wanted to make a mark and i didn't want to waste my time so um when we got off and it was for like it was not for a world title fight back then yeah it wasn't a lot of money um we said yes, we flew over, and there was so much, so much like, I don't know, there was her saying I'd sent underpants over to her in an envelope like, and I was in love with her, and I'm like, that is definitely not who I am. But right. anyway, there was, you know, I remember standing in the middle of a stock of Oval, Now there was over 10 probably, it was, like a, it was like in middle of the game, and they've opened a poster of history. I was like, I felt like buy. even getting it
0: can you um do a refresh on your screen you're cutting in and out a little bit now maybe if you just do a quick refresh that usually fixes it bear with us guys usually doing a refresh will fix the connection so she's not lagging there we go how's that is that better it is better yeah, also.
1: Awesome. So I remember I remember walking out into the ring and they're telling me I need to have a breast protector, I need to have a groin guard. So they give me two foam pads, one for each boob, and they give me a, a, a man's cup. And I'm like oh. And they're like, You have to put you in other otherwise the fight won't go ahead. And it was already like it was sanctioned, so I'd already spoken to the the sanctioned body. They said, No, no, you're fine. So then I said, well, if i have got to put it in, I'm literally going to walk back out of the ring. I'll walk all the way back to the change rooms. It was like, it was crazy. It was a tough fight. It was a great fight. Uh, did I think I lost? I definitely didn't think I lost. Over in London, they've got this thing called the Red Army. And it's like this just conglomerate of men. And I got a, literally like an archway. You know what they do for people's weddings with, you know, I got yeah. The Red Army walking out the door. They were like, "That was an absolute rip off. You won that." Um, but I learned so much. Like I learned so much. It was a tough fight, going from four rounds to ten rounds. Yeah. Fighting someone when the crowd is on their on their side, and I just kept thinking, "Is everything in this to mess yeah. with my head?" Do
0: you know right. what I mean?
1: And I, it's funny because I go back and look at that fight now. And I'm like, if only I sat down in my punches, if only I dropped my body weight, there would have been a whole different story. Yeah. Like when you're so new, you don't even understand where your body's meant to go. You just punch ferociously, don't you?
0: Yes. Yeah, you do. So that—that that was me. Yeah. Well, but you still got the you still got the award for it because I mean you still got the recognition and clearly, like you said, I mean I and mean, it's known that it was a very close fight um but had it been somewhere else maybe the outcome would have been different
1: yeah absolutely and i kind of look at all the fights i had when they were overseas and thought to myself if i did win what would happen to that person in their country like where would they be yeah so it's much better for the person in their country to look like a world, to be the world champion than the yeah. person that's, to take it away so i kind of i learned a lot from so much of it it was like how to reassess what's going on what do i do better next time yeah you know by hand or different things so it was literally the most incredible experience i had
0: yeah well and not long after that in 2000 you beat jojo wyman by 10 round decision for the for the newly created WIBA featherweight title um tell us a little bit about that fight and what it was like winning the first ever WIBA title
1: well, that was that became even more amazing than the London fight. Um, I just, I remember all through my career, like I just kept saying I'm fitter, faster, stronger than any other woman out there. And I would only train against men. I would spar against men. Like I ran with men, everything I did. Obviously, I grew up with three brothers. And I would, you know, you do 10 rounds of sparring and every two rounds I'd get a new, a new guy would be thrown in, right? And they, they were always told. Back then it was like, don't take it easy on them. Don't yeah. take it easy on them. And it's like, mentally i prepared myself to be fit faster stronger when i look back at some of the training that jojo wyman done like i'm like oh my god like i didn't do i didn't do the strength and conditioning stuff that she did but the fitness and the road work and sprint work and the sparring i trained my ass yeah yeah um and it was a bloodbath. it honestly could have gone either way it really could have we both had blood gushing from our face we were both warriors. It was like, even if I lost that fight, I would have lost it humbly. Thinking that was just incredible. Like, I remember when I was first wanting to look at going into boxing, and I'd watch Christy Martin TV, like on the, you know, under Mike Tyson, and you just watch blood slide everywhere. Like, yeah, bitch, like she's yeah. a tough bitch. She's tough. Um, like just so strong like I want to be like that that's yeah. what I want to pray like because when you do something and you're passionate about it you want to do it for the best that you can so you this. you don't yeah. want
0: this and knockouts no no you want wars you want to be remembered for wars for battles
1: yeah absolutely so with Jojo Wyman that's exactly what it was it was literally a war it could have been a draw it could have gone either way um I was just so blessed that in another country like between the judges they just saw it my way but it was the most fulfilling experience i had blood everywhere black guys like i had kickboxing fights everything before and they were tough but this was like you got you got two weapons that's it like you got your left and your right and it was just it was toe to toe pretty much the whole the whole way
0: yeah Well, and that's one of those where afterwards and I can remember, I don't even remember which fight it was now. And a lot of it I think was from headbutts, but like the day or two after the fight, when you wake up and you literally look like you literally got hit by a freaking car, like that's how bruised up your face is and it's all swollen and how sore you are. And you're like, why in the hell did I do this? But then you go sign the next one. Yeah, absolutely all over again. But yeah, that's like one of those where, yeah, you know, it was a war when literally someone's like, were you in a car accident or what happened to your face? I was fighting.
1: Yeah, it's that funny look you get. I remember when we were over in London and I had Ian Jacobs, like Ian Powerhouse Jacobs, He was world, he's got the fastest um, knockout in kickboxing still to this day, like in one point something seconds. he's a triple world kickboxing champion but he my dad would literally because my dad obviously my dad was my trainer um he would him and i would argue like it would be like we obviously the pressure and how much we're going through so two weeks out of every fight he would literally just go and drop me at his place at his mum's and say you take her because i'd be like oh i don't know if i can do this and we'd fight we'd be stressed and He was just like, you take it. And I was running mountains and I was doing like so much crazy stuff. When we're in London and they've got the tube, so I've got in there the day after the fight and I've got black eyes and everything. And it is jam-packed. And it was so funny because I remember seeing on TV that whoever could do the biggest like 2 call, right, anywhere in public and record it, you can put it in on this TV show and you could win money. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that the Ian looked at me and said something, and I just dropped to the ground, just started screaming, like "Don't hit me! Don't hit me again! Please don't hit me!" The whole like, that, like so many people were like, "Oh my god!" Like, and they would like going to grab me, and my, they're like, "No, no, I'm, I'm, joking. I'm joking! I'm joking! I'm actually a professional fighter! Don't panic! Yeah. I'm being silly." But it's um funny what looks you get when you're like carrying all your war wounds.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane. It's and sometimes it's comical because I mean you can play it whatever way you want. I mean, they have, they if they don't know you, they have no idea. They're just assuming the worst. Like, oh my god, I've had people ask me if I was in a like, did I need help? Like, I was I in an abusive relationship? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I no, I'm I'm good. I'm I did this to myself. <laughs> like, I self inflicted this to my face because I got in the ring. So no, but yeah, the 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 looks all the fun stuff that goes along with it afterwards but yeah I've played it you can play definitely play mind games with people with it though it's kind of fun
1: oh absolutely
0: um and but right let's see right after that though you did receive the Australian female fighter of the year award that must have been such a great feeling I know especially at that time boxing worldwide was extremely hard for women to get recognition Um, but then to be like the first Australian female fighter to get that award. Tell us about that experience for you.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, I would say it was just, it was mind blowing. It was like, my gosh, someone's really, I know when you're a man, the minute you fight for a world title, like it's all over the newspapers, it's everywhere. And then as a woman, you kind of get, I was probably a little bit luckier um, being on the Gold Coast, like I, I definitely got some great coverage, but through the Australian papers, like your main papers, it was like a little bit of something somewhere, you know, but a guy would win a world title. It wouldn't matter what what label it Indeed. was, it wouldn't matter what organisation and it would be plastered. So it was like, for me, it was like, my gosh, you're being recognised by male peers in the same sport. Yeah. Um, I remember receiving also um, an award, like an a certification certificate of acknowledgement from our mayor, as well. And I was like, and he was a runner. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Like the mayor, like how amazing! Like so, yeah. those those moments, I think for me it's like I'm. It's not really always to me about the awards, but just to have that recognition just, just makes me feel like yeah. I'm moving the right step, and people are starting to notice, and we're starting yeah. to make a bit of a whirlwind here, and you yeah. know you know you know what it's like back in those days like we've been for a while but you know what it's like really paving the way yeah. uh and like yeah swimming up upstream
0: like all the time absolutely yeah definitely tough and i mean it's it's way better today it's still there but nothing like what we went through or the generations before us nothing like it um two totally different worlds um from today to the past um yeah but yeah i mean just the the right, like you said, the recognition is really what it's all about. Um, The, the, the belts, the awards, like all that stuff is nice and and it looks nice and all that, but yeah, just getting the recognition from people. um, Like you said, even just being put in the paper in the, in like the main news or any of that stuff, that's when you really know that you're making a mark and you're making steps forward for the sport.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I, one of the other things I really understood as well, Um, that if it wasn't one of the top three or four like it wasn't wbc wba ibf it was like ibo it was like you you weren't really a world champion Yeah. that was like then you've got to strive for something else right now what
0: do i do you know especially
1: back then none of those organizations were really ranking women
0: at all all. they weren't even really allowing women to fight for the belts
1: yeah it was pretty crazy it was like how do you become recognized by everyone when you can't even get there because it was not something they took on on like on board yeah
0: exactly Uh, you know uh, baby steps and i mean now now look i mean we never even had the chance to fight for undisputed there wasn't even such a thing in women's boxing until like last year was it last year the year before when they first started doing that now everybody's undisputed we couldn't even dream of having barely two two world titles let alone all of them just, yeah. it,
1: it so I, I know when I fought Jojo Wyman when I was stepping in the ring it was meant to be for three world titles so yeah. was, it was meant to be for three world titles when we stepped in it was meant to be a triple world title fight and it was like one of the first that you've heard of, like you would hear of yeah um, mm, it's crazy but men could really? get it, the money the money my god the money the money yeah. so a guy who's like straw weight. Would make 250 dollars dollars $400,000 for
0: a fight, and we would be lucky
1: to get $2,000, $3,000. Yep. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've said it before, uh, and I probably like every freaking show when we talk about the money. $4,000 is the most I ever made, and that was for my WBC title fight in Mexico against me St. John. That was my biggest payday.
1: Holy cow. Um, so- from- days that were televised like and i was told oh you're gonna get twenty thousand dollars you'll get ten thousand dollars and then after the fights happened oh i didn't have as many people as we thought we would here's five like obviously now you couldn't do that because everything's signed by contract but oh my goodness the amount of times you know or we didn't have the amount of people so instead of 20 um we can't really give you anything so you're fighting for nothing and i'm like yeah it's crazy so yeah when people say, "Did you fight for the money?" You must be so rich from boxing. I'm like, no, Why? No. Yeah. Why would
0: you even ask that question? Nobody back then fought for the money because we didn't get any money. And like that's I tell true. people, and it makes me so mad when people say that. And I'm like, look, the for my title fight, the WBC. That's the most. I mean, now it even then was the is the most recognized title that you could have. That that's like the one everybody wants is the green belts. That's it. So when I fought for that, and granted, I was the opponent coming in. She wanted to avenge the loss. She wanted to fight in Mexico. She was very tight with the WBC. I mean, it wasn't a secret. Um, so I have no idea what she made. I'm way, way, way the hell more than I made. But yeah. still, 4K, even as a challenger, is is ridiculous. I mean, that's ridiculous. That same title, a guy will get $40 million. Oh, absolutely so I tell people I said and then you also got to think four thousand dollars okay that's what I got but I had to go to Mexico you gotta you gotta travel (laughs) you know I have to travel there for that fight I had to be there for a whole week because I had to do it's boxing is so big in Mexico like it's life over there so you had to do like the pre-fight workouts you had to do the public workouts you had to do 50 different live um interviews you had to do all these different things we had to do a public pre-weigh-in like there was shit I had never even heard of that we had to do over there but I was there for a whole week and I'm like so then you have to take off work for a week so I you lose a week of pay so now deduct that from your four thousand that you got um and then the expenses that they don't cover while you're there for a whole week you know take that out you you really don't make anything like literally you don't make anything by the time you cover your time off and all Mm. the stuff that you got so i'm like literally don't it's not even remotely the same but that was life back then
1: absolutely it was absolutely
0: yeah um but shortly after that though and we talked about this the fights you know in other people's hometowns 2 and oh three you traveled to Japan to face another great fighter Amiko Rikia. I don't know what Rika I'm not sure how you say her. yeah I know who she is I just never knew how her say her name but for the WIBA featherweight title um they did give her both decisions a split decision and a majority decision they both were extremely close fights I feel like had it been outside of just Japan like we talked about earlier the fights probably would have went in your favor um but tell us what do you think about those two fights and her as an opponent oh my gosh So the first fight oh
1: my goodness so I, I get to Japan uh, and again it's the same like there's lots of media stuff my dad is obviously coming from another country my dad's picked up you know he's taught um karate for most of his life so lots of japanese like everything in karate is usually japanese yep. um, so when we're over in japan he can pick up a lot of what people are saying like a lot of what people are saying he can kind of you know and then by body language and everything else his security has been like he just reads people really well um and it was like it was it was great because you kind of you know the same thing you're on show everywhere everyone wants to see who you are um so many like different interviews jumping yeah. on tv everyone you get put into a gym to train and everyone's coming yeah. up for, for a photograph like it was amazing it was lovely let's say it yeah. was lovely i beat the shit out of that girl like i beat her i don't even know how she stood but dad had heard them say get back in there all you have to do is stay standing and it's yours like if she collapsed in the corner well they would have no choice so so she literally stood there her eyes were pretty much shut her cheekbone i didn't know this until the next day because we're with the promoter and the promoter took a call and she'd been put into hospital so her cheekbone had been um broken her skull had been fractured like i punched her with everything I had and everything I didn't even know I had, I'm like, yeah. how did, is, is it? I started to query, is it a woman? Yeah. Like, how can you take such a beating? Cause right. I, that would be at that women. at that time in my career, I would have that would have been for that period, the fittest and the strongest I'd ever stepped in the ring. I was so prepared. And yeah. I was like, I'm taking this out. So again, when she was still standing, I shut the whole light, and there's like, I think I had a bit of a black eye, and that was it. And I'm still standing there, and I'm looking, and they're reading out the decision, and they put her hand up. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me was, if I'd taken that, that was the big wake up call for me. If I took the title away, she would be nothing in Japan. Yeah. So by her keeping the title, she became someone.
0: Yeah.
1: Twelve months later, we couldn't fight for twelve months because obviously her face had to heal and her bones had to heal and everything else. Twelve months later, like I just was not in the right frame of mind <laughs> at all. I wasn't in the frame. But I'm like, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna take the fight and I'm gonna lose anyway. It doesn't matter. And I remember, you know, like weigh-ins are the hardest, right? Yeah. Like the hard is the whole lot because you're always driven down to your bare minimum um, oh my gosh I sometimes look at what we used to do for weigh-ins and think how the hell did I survive yeah did you go through any of that or did you just weigh in at a normal weight
0: I know and I did it one time for one fight and it was the hardest thing I ever did and it was only I only had to lose go down six pounds so I'm like that's shit I can that's nothing uh, but it was very hard very hard to do but that's just because i didn't have anything to lose but no i fought at what i walked around at because i did not want have to go through the because i well you know we had to work full time i already had one kid at the time i didn't have time to really focus on dieting and i didn't have the time for the extra training to lose the weight properly so i just fought at what i walked around at or i went up in weight.
1: yeah so so here because it was hard to get fights I would fight at 57 Whatever. kilos. Yeah. Then I'd fight someone would say, I've got a 70 kilo fighter. I'm like, that's all right. Give me three months. I'll put the weight on, I'll go for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I'd go and add and then you'd have to drop. Like you'd you'd be fighting someone at 70 Ks, and then next thing someone will say, Oh, we'll fight you at 54. And it's like, far out. <laughs> okay. But then it was like you did everything you could to get a fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember and I love like obviously I love chocolate. I love sugar. <laughs> So that didn't help, right? Uh, and back then I loved to party, like I was like a party queen. Put music and a drink in front of me, and it was like, let's go, right? Yeah. But then I'd have my my switch. Like I didn't have kids back then, but then I had the switch that if it's training, it's training. There's nothing else, you know. And then then it was like you could train and go out on weekends when the fights. And I had so many times. I think probably because I was in Australia, so many times you'd be training for a fight and then the fight would fall over. Keep going for another three months, fight would fall over. Train more, fight would fall over. And you'd be like, the emotional roller coaster you go through with your body when that is yeah. happening is crazy. But I remember going over there, and I remember so at every weigh-in, I would have like some fruit and everything chopped up, and because I just kind of try and dry out. I would always want to make sure I was lighter than the opponent. Like that was just a mental thing for me, right? Yeah. And I was five foot three. So fighting in a a heavier weight class meant I was going to be fighting girls at a 5'10, 5'11, 6 foot. So it was like, you know, be smart. Find a lower weight class. They're going to be about the same size. I was probably still the shortest one in the whole weight class anyway. Yeah. Um, And I felt great at like to fight at 126. Like I felt amazing. So um, I remember I had to go and make weight and I got on the trails and I was, oh my God, I was so overweight. I, I literally had just live life normally, i still trained, but I was like, I just was not there mentally. I was going through a relationship, like relationship issues with my, the the twins dad, and before I had kids. I was just going through so much shit that I just wasn't there. I just knew it wasn't gonna work. And I remember getting on the scale and they're like, you gotta lose another kilo. And I'm like, oh crap, seriously, a kilo. Um, and I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. going right into the change room, i am opened the water, lollies. <laughs> so I go back out half an hour later, I get back on, and now I'm feeling on top, baby My dad's gone. What have you done? So, I actually, I didn't make the weight, so the fight should never have been a world title, because I never made the weight, keep the world title. But I went ahead and uh, climbing up the stairs, felt so weak.
0: Yeah, so
1: tired, so I hadn't prepared myself. Um, and I remember the it's like everywhere I moved. One of the guys that came over the corner said, Can I help it? Dad said, Yeah, he, started... he laid me down, he started pushing points, push points in the body, and I could actually do anything. Body, I was just exhausted. I was, I was thinking I to So the thing that you have to mentally, when you haven't mentally and emotionally and physically the prepared yourself, they're yeah. tough. But like, yeah. I don't know if you ever go through a fight where you like were not prepared at all, even though
0: you probably did or was it Yeah. Yeah, I think we've all had that happen. Um, Let's do one more refresh. Okay. Because I don't want her to start cutting out again. Michael, Michael, are you getting, are she cutting out on your guys' end too or is it just me? a little bit okay well i started getting worse last time so i didn't want it to get too bad there we go all right throw me back in michael where would i go It says I'm in the show.
1: I can only see me on the screen at the moment.
0: Okay.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: I I could see you when you came back in, but I couldn't see myself. So then I did a refresh.
1: Yeah, I couldn't see
0: you either. Okay. Well, here we go. All right um yes no I totally understand and yes there's I think we've all had that where we go and we prepare and then but we we didn't really prepare it's good now thank you Michael yeah I think it's good now too um we've all been there yeah I'm I'm not ready no um shortly after that though you came back strong 2004 you defeated Lisa Brown you gave her her very first loss um defending your WBF featherweight title um i had one of those um when i fought mary mcgee was 17 and oh and gave her her first loss i don't know there's just something about i guess giving somebody their first defeat um so tell us about that fight and how it felt to give her her first loss when she had a she had a pretty good impeccable career so far
1: yeah she did and um i think also i guess the same can be said no matter where you go if to her maybe she won um I again similar to Jojo Wyman it was a tough fight and so I picked a lot of my fights so I'll I'll go into that when we start talking about the WBC but um, I remember so the people that were around me by then I think I'd moved over to Jeff Fenwick I kind of separated my coaching with my dad that all had to do with the relationship that I was in and it was just horrible and like was great at the time and i thought it was amazing um you know us girls do do dumb things sometimes we make crazy decisions and you know even i look back now and i i was probably 47 by the time i actually looked in the mirror and told myself that i love who i am that i loved me and that i was proud of me and what i've done like the judgment we push on ourselves that put us into places that are like my god like it's tough right but so I was over with jeff Fennick by then and it's like it was great jeff Fennick got me back on tv i could say a lot of things about him that i probably won't publicly uh, you know the whole crew it's like everything's a men's club the right. tough part of that boxing is it's back then it was just a men's club you know yeah. and the things that was expected of us the who she had to jump through and the things that people wanted to be have done were yeah. You know i I just shake my head i literally shake my head um but i remember like they were overseas with another fight i had no one to help me pick a fight like a fighter for this show coming up and he said just go and find someone to fight and i was like she was like one of the top three in the rankings i'm like i'll take her i had no idea she was southpaw i didn't research anything nothing i said i'll take her she's good i love the color she's wearing and she looks like she's tough as nails right Well, wake up when you're in the ring and you're fighting a southpaw and you don't know what, like, I did start to prepare for it, but I'd never fought one before. So, oh my God, did I get hit? Like, and then it was like in my head, when I'm fighting, it's like if they hit me once, I need to hit them back three or four times.
0: Yeah. I've got to
1: land double, triple, quadruple to what they've just landed, right, as a professional fight. And that, again, was just a war but this war was harder than the like there was the war where there was so much blood this was a war of my mind where did the foot have to go where did this have to go this is completely yeah. different the way i'm used to and every time i step the way i usually step right every time boom i'm getting hit um so that was probably a really big thing and i think one of the things that i'm really proud of what i did do was my fitness levels were always apart from the second japan fight my fitness levels always just got better and better and better. So when it come to that point of round six, round seven, round eight, um, all the way up to round 10, I was getting faster and stronger rather than getting tired. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that fight there was a war. And when they raised my hand, after all the emotional baggage that had gone, like I think I hit with everything that I'd gone through from a relationship, from not having my dad there, from everything inside my heart that felt wrong, but I tried to push for it to be right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think I hit it with pretty much all of that. That was kind of where we were at. And, you know, with, I don't know how she felt about the fight, but I just walked away thinking if that's what I can do when I'm emotionally jammed, when the, when, when the whole team come back and said, who the hell did you pick? That's the yeah. Southpaw. Have you seen her record? And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Like, I just didn't care. I'm like, yep, I'm good. I'm good. We'll take it. Right. So another thing, you know, men men in this sport have someone constantly watching who they're going to fight, and it's everything's picked and yeah. They're not
0: even. They don't even have a say in who they're fighting. Well, I mean, they I guess they do technically, but usually they have nothing to do with. That's why whenever they ask them after the fight, well, who's next? Who's next? Well, I don't know. We're gonna have to sit down and talk to the team, see what they think. Absolutely (laughs) not us. No, not us. It was like, (laughs) yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll fight her. (laughs)
1: <laughs> who's next up the, up the ranks there who else can I take um, so again even in that fight like I remember when you're in the ring and you're fighting someone like I'd, I'd like to mess with them a little bit so sometimes it, well if they'd hit me a beauty I would just laugh Yeah. like it could have been a knockout punch but I would like I'd be able to hold myself together enough to just start laughing at them and I would know mentally. they'd be thinking well if you stand up to that what like what have I got left and I would push people back on the ropes I would use the ropes a lot when I fought, and I'd be winking at people in the audience that would cheer me on like if I cheering her on I'd blow them kisses in the mouth garden oh, I would just do crazy stuff just to have yeah. fun and then the biggest thing I learned as well when you're in the ring if you're not having fun you're not going to be in for a good day the more yeah. fun you can have the more playful you can be and the more cheeky you can be the more the the greater the win anyway
0: yeah absolutely you have to have fun while you're in there there's no point in doing it at all if you if if you're not having fun then you shouldn't even be in there
1: absolutely and it, it goes from being physically fit and knowing all the moves to now how do i mess with your head right what what am i doing here to now mess with your head to just put you off center because the more i, I can do I know that you,
0: i know you felt that i know you felt my face on your hand and that was a good punch and you know you landed a good punch but i'm not going to show you that you landed a good punch yeah absolutely her mind, you're gonna be like what the hell am I gonna hit her with now because that's everything I have absolutely <laughs> that's good that's good uh, but speaking of the WBC though 2005 you had another iconic fight with when you defeated Marcella Kuna for the WBC featherweight title you did become the very first female to hold the WBC championship as well um, tell us about the fight. How it felt to become the very first WBC female
1: champion. Oh, you know what I said before. Like until you hit the pinnacle of the, the titles, yeah. You know, like you become, you literally become like the queen. Yeah. You become. It's like, oh my god, I've made it.
0: Yeah.
1: But I didn't make it just by hoping someone was going to sign some paper or hoping that someone was going to ring me up and say, "Hey, do you want to have a fight?" Literally, I remember like my partner at the time, which was the same one that gave me all the headaches. I've had tw- I had twins to him, ran before they were born. Um, very grateful because I learned so many lessons from him. So I'm so grateful for everything I learned. In the moment, I think I just wanted to stick it out and just be headstrong and say, we can make everything work, you know? But I remember him saying, oh my God, you're not gonna believe this. Guess who has started ranking female fighters? because right, he lived on the computer. I didn't. I was always busy training, or and I'm like, who? And he goes, WBC. The WBC has started ranking women fighters. I'm like, you can't be serious. Like, and he goes, guess who's second on the rankings? I'm like, I don't know who. And he goes, oh, you idiot. It's you. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. Okay, so what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Like. No one's ever fought yet. So what do I have to do? So then I rang. Kelsey was the first one on the list. She was number one. So I I, I reached out to her. She was like, no, nah, no, nah, not taking the fight. I'm not interested. Right at the time. And I'm like, okay, too easy. Okay, sugar. Okay, she's not gonna fight. Then I can't fight for the fight. And I'm like, oh no, I can. No, no, I can. So then I rang number three. Then I reached out number four, number five. Everyone said no. By the time I hit number five, I'm like, I said that I'm done. I'm not yeah. going lower than number five for a world title. Right, yeah. none of these i'm gonna fight someone who's like 38th in the world right? right top five or it's not even a proper world title so then i reached out to the wbc i went hi i'm sharon blah 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 help me get a fight i want to fight i will even make it happen over here in australia i'll find a promoter to put it on blah 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 uh and literally they handpicked marcella akina right so they said she's a weight she's a weight division down um She's very tough. She's from Argentina. You're in for a fight of your life. Um, You know, but this is who we've chosen. You asked us to pick you an opponent that's going to be worthy of you fighting for this world title. This is who we've chosen. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let's go. Preparation for that fight was so different to any other fight I had ever fought. One, she was a weight division down. I'm like, damn, in my head, I can't be heavier than her at weigh-in. I've got to be lighter than what she is at weigh-in. So I'm normally weighing in at... You know, uh, for me, it was like I had to be under 57.25. So I'd usually be around 57 kilos, right, 120, I think it was 126 pounds. So I'm like, shes I've now got to get under 54 kilos, right? And I did it in the most incredible way. Like I trained beyond anything I'd ever trained for. I was like, this is it. This is it, right? And even when I had said yes, my partner at the time said to me, are you mad? Like, are you mad? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, she has knocked out, like go into her history. She has knocked out pretty much first or second round, knocked out every opponent she fought, everyone. Oh, and he, he said, I'm not talking about, cause he would read up on it all. And I just I just didn't do that. I'm just like, it's, it's somebody's in my way, right? Yeah. That's all I thought, you're in my way. This is what right. I want, you're in the way. i have got to get through you to get to it. <clears throat> And he said, I'm not talking about they just fell over. And it was a TKO. I'm talking about their toes are twitching on the mat. They're out cold. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, she hasn't fought me yet, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, my, I trained my heart out. I slept. I ate so diligently. Like, I dropped my weight. Obviously, WBC, you got a 30-day weigh-in, 14-day weigh-in, seven-day yeah, weigh-in. You, you do.
0: A, you, can't, you can't not make weight for that one.
1: No. And." you had to weigh in whatever like whenever the green was done you had to weigh in there and then and show them how much you weighed so they knew physically you could get to the weight right <coughs> and then i remember my parents had moved out were moving out of their home and they still had the lease for a couple of weeks had moved into a new home and i just said can you just leave a bed a chair the tv and a like a dvd player or a video player back then it was a video player. We i didn't think we had dvds back then um wasn't that far back but um and I just said just leave me a fridge and a microwave that's all I want just yeah. leave that in the house and I literally barricaded myself there for two weeks so I thought I'm like I, I don't even know how to, we're both like we're warriors yeah. I don't take a step back she doesn't take a step back I'm like I don't work out one if she's that strong she's knocking people out what have I got to do and I was I was told quite quickly it's going to be like Hagler and Leonard, and you're normally Hagler. You need to become Leonard. And I'm like, far out. Well, I was going to swear then, but I won't. I'm like, how the hell do I do that? How? Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, because men always like, yeah, I've got my fight plan. I've got this. I'm like, I've got no plan. I'm just going in. I'm right. going in. I'm, I'm going to work. Right. What plan? What is the plan? You know, you feel like, am I stupid? Like, what is a fight plan? I, I kind of understand it now. <laughs> well, now, yeah. <laughs> but then I'd be like, round one, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go and warm up. Round two, I'm just gonna hit two times more than she did. Round three, I'm gonna, like, funny. Yeah. But this one, I was so diligent, right? So I had no access to normal TV, right? I was like, take the aerial away. I don't want any normal TV. All I, I and I had, they'd sent over a, a, like a tape with all their fights on it. And yeah. oh my God, talk about toes twitching. And i just watch it but i didn't phase me because i'm like we well, haven't faced me yet yeah i've grown up with three brothers my dad i've been in abusive relationships like i'm just like i've trained with men i've sparred men i'm emotionally yeah. strong i'm mentally strong and you're in my fucking way was yeah. all yeah. I could. you're in my way yeah right anyway i remember um so all i watched was Hagler and leonard so i just had to constantly keep training like like leonard which didn't work because I still trained and fought like Hagler, right? It just didn't work. Just and I just, kept, <laughs> I just kept watching everything she did, like uh, everything she did. And then I got in the ring, and when I fought her, oh my God, I don't know. The so the referee I knew because he was he refed a number of my fights in Australia, and he just came up to me and he said, in the corner, and he said, Chaz, I'm letting you know, it doesn't matter what she does, I'm not pulling her up for it. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I don't care what she does. I don't care what she does wrong. I'll pull you up for everything. I'm not pulling her up for anything. Because at the end of this fight, no matter if you win, she's going to say she won. And then the WBC are going to want to watch the whole thing. And I want them to see you go to war. And I'm like, shit. You're not even on my side. Anyway, it didn't matter. Right. She was already going around the Gold Coast. She turned up here took one look at me and she said that Barbie doll's going down in like, cause I was blonde back then. She's going down in like the first two rounds. I think I broke my finger in the third round on my left hand because just the way it was strapped and it just didn't feel right. But she was doing these, like these boulder punches that would come down and just smash straight over the top of my head. And I'm like, is that even legal? Like, are they legal? Is there something I don't know? what right.
0: is like their new rule the overhand the overhand punch yeah
1: well i didn't know that punch right yeah but it was it was not even like a punch it was like it was just like a clobber that like would come and just,
0: like a hammer punch
1: yeah and it was like i'm like i don't even know if that's legal but i don't care and i just i just worked out a way to get out of it and i remember in round seven like i got in the ring there'd been so much promotion it was indie car race time on the gold coast there was hundreds of thousands of people it was massive the marketing was huge i was in and out of interviews non-stop she was like we're getting weighed in oh my god and i weighed in lighter than her like i weighed in at like 54.2 or something and i'm like oh my god i've done it i've done it right that was a big thing but it was in front of thousands and thousands of people And then we're in the ring and I'm fighting and round seven, I get this massive headbutt, and my whole cheekbone, I just feel it cave in. And I'm like looking up, I'm like, God, it's now between you and I. You and I are the only two that are gonna get through this and she's not taking this. What this is gonna do for Australia, for the WBC, for women's boxing, for me, because I'm just this petite little blonde bimbo, was literally what people would think. You're just a Barbie doll, right? Yeah. I just kept going to work and going to work and going to work and i won the fight she contested it it all got sent to the wbc the wb said no we we score similar to the judges she definitely won the fight that was like i had um i had a designer's dress like a de- first time in my life a designer wanted me to wear their dress to the after party i had to go to brisbane pick up try the dress on, get it fitted you yeah. know, the week before it was just it was amazing like i just felt like like a superstar right but when i had finished the fight my whole that whole part of my face i wasn't sure whether something had been rubbed into the gloves it was like i'd had an allergic reaction at the same time as being hit so i looked like the elephant woman right i could talk i could move i wasn't in pain but my face was so big on one side and the other side my cheekbone was broken right but i'm still standing there i'm like clapping my hands i'm laughing i'm like oh my god um but I couldn't do the after party i couldn't wear the dress but it was like i did it and you know when you go in and you fight and you come back with black eyes and you look like a panda or whatever else but they're war wins. up there they're what yeah. you go through to get what you got now i definitely didn't look like no raker at the end like all eyes together and half hanging down and like oh, i've got to yeah. stay steady i didn't look like her i'm like this is my fight this is my fight no I'm, i just round seven god it's between you and i this is us. We have to make this. We, it's only you and me. That's it. I've got nothing else. Broken yeah. cheek, broken finger, dirty fighter, the whole lot. I don't care if she's a nice person. She was dirty. Yeah. And of all the women that I have fought, I've always either gone out for a drink with them afterwards. I've taken, they've come and fought in my country. I've taken that for dinner. When I fought Esther Shuten, uh, when I fought her, I booked a five-star hotel for her. Right, made sure she was getting ten thousand dollars minimum US to fight. I didn't, I, I didn't promote it, but I pushed the promoter. Yeah. And then I, I created the most amazing basket of food. So when she got off a plane, she come in and there was all healthy snacks and fruits, and there was fresh things baked, and she had all this stuff in her room that I had gone out of my way to prepare for it because she deserves that i've got off the plane so many times in another country and it's like you're trying to find a dirty burger somewhere because you're hungry you can't have flight food do you know what i mean and you're trying to limit what you eat but this woman like got out of the ring rude horrible and i'm just like you know in my in my language it's like see you later do you know what i mean yeah i did and i think that was just That the for me that was like you are the strongest like i in my for me and who i had to face and it was like it just gave me a whole new world of love for so many other female fighters out there that you know we're expected to lose and we don't look the part or whatever i'm like man does this woman get served up like knockout punches for breakfast like her hubby was older than her he was big man he was always screaming at her and i'm like now i don't know what was going on in that house but i was with so many things and she would just look at me like i would look at other people and i'm like oh my god so i just had to keep going keep going until i broke it down like it was unbelievable you know when you go to war and you're broken but you're like on fire and you're like i may be broken baby but it's mine i have done more than enough so um and you know what like wbc they treat you like you're a champion for life yeah I remember getting going over. I got I flew over to the WBC convention, the first one that same like the following month. I'm on the back of a motorbike with a copper, what in a massive big pro, like procession of all world champions. I'm on, so many world champions from back then it was right back from the nineteen, would be in the nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, you know, um to Macho, to Camacho, Hector yeah. Camacho, there was there was everyone. I'm like far oh, out yes. like some of them I didn't even know, Vanda Holyfield, Floyd Mayweather, like everyone, everyone. I'm like, holy shit. And you're in the most amazing, like, it was like seven-star accommodation. Everything's provided. You're treated like a queen. It was like, sign an autograph. And everyone's like, want your photo? And, oh, yeah, it was amazing. And that was when I um I actually met Jelena Magenevich and her sister. We were, we were the only two champions there. And it was... um. Uh, Like on the first day, it was yeah, far out. Yeah, take me back and it's like, oh my god, I'm a superstar.
0: Yeah, well it's true, and yeah, I mean I felt the same way when I fought in Mexico, because even though I was the opponent, people, I mean everybody knew me. Like I could, you couldn't even leave your hotel room without people stopping you for photos and autographs, and you couldn't go out to eat and with people out coming up, and I'm just like. Lord, can i let's just order let's just order a take into the hotel today because i don't i mean and it was it was awesome and it was a phenomenal feeling but by the end of the week i was like i understand why movie stars and like famous people sometimes yeah. are just like leave me the fuck alone like i am with my family like no no photos today like i get why people do that and yeah. i haven't dealt with it for a week but i understand like if you had to deal with that every single day why sometimes it's just overwhelming
1: yeah but that's it's a phenomenal
0: that's feeling um but it was just so strange to me to only get where literally everybody knew who i was and and everybody wanted that in a in my, like it was a whole nother country like not even my country like i don't even get that treat i didn't even get that treatment here it's just weird but that's just because yeah, so it's so big.
1: Here, in australia it's the same a yeah. certain, like, i'm i'm quite well known amongst the entire boxing population and quite a few others but you go to another country and everyone knows who you are everyone knows who you are um you know yeah it's interesting it's it's so interesting the journey of being a fighter and making it to the top um and then i defended my title against um esther um as well but it's interesting and it's humbling like i remember the first couple of fights I walked into in the ring as a kickboxer or whatever I'd be punching myself I'd be like Aah! jumping them down the spot shaking myself out by the end I'm like listening to chilled music I'm relaxed I'm breathing I'm meditating it's like you you think you have to be tough and rough and aggressive yeah but you've just got to be fit and fast and kind of be ready yeah. you know what I mean but you've got to be relaxed the minute someone takes you off from your, your mind space, game over
0: yeah totally yeah 100% agree with that um, you did officially hang up the gloves though 2007 what made you decide to retire at that time
1: Uh, so it was not by choice it was not by choice I just picked up an incredible uh, manager I was training under the you know Titans football club here Like we had a great they had a great strength and conditioning coach again I'll go back to male dominated sports and team sports everything's taken care of us women yeah. oh my god you got put fork out of your own pocket for your massage for dietitians everything everything costs money right yeah. not if you're a guy not if you're a guy but that's okay everything was a massive learning experience right and i was like um i was looking at regina helmich over in germany uh like I, there was three fights i was going to go back to japan and finish that job properly uh and then come over to the u.s and it was going to be probably fight wise. What we were looking at negotiating was going to be sitting at about a hundred thousand dollars, for four, three, five. Right. And then sponsorship on top of that, the whole lot. And it was like, Oh my God, I, I've made it. Yeah. This, now the start of the next chapter once you're the champion of the, the main belt. Right. Um, and then next thing, you know, I'm pregnant with twins. Okay. Like,
0: really? kind of like, why did she retire? She was like at the peak of her career, but that makes sense.
1: So it was and like,
0: my retirement was because I got pregnant with my second daughter. And then that's when yeah. I was like, I'm not going to, we'll just leave it at that.
1: <laughs> so that's what happened. And I remember my management team and everything. They're like, cause I wasn't with the father. When I found out I was, I was already nine weeks pregnant, we'd gone and we'd already been separated for three months. We'd had to go, we'd already had a, um, an, a weekend paid for that. Like I'd already paid for. And we're well, going down to watch love more to do. He would help take over training me, um, you know, just before the WBC world title, he probably come up for the last month, month and a half and helped train me. And like, he did all the photos, in the video video for the whole, the whole show for the WBC, the very first ever. Um, I, uh, I just lost track of where I was going then. Um, what was I talking about? We got why, to, you,
0: why you retired? Because then you had you got pregnant with the twins. And then yeah. you went, yeah.
1: So I had all my life, you know, they put you in front of the camera and you could just talk, right? You could talk freely, say what you wanted. I never, ever insulted anyone in front of the camera. As much as they want you to trash talk everyone, I was like, ah, oh, I just can't be bothered. You know, I'd love to knock them out in round two, but if I don't, I don't. And I'd always think if I'm going in and I'm, because i loved it so much i'd wanted to go 10 rounds most of the time because i wanted the experience of the fight and i wanted to f- kind of save it everything but i remember when i fell pregnant um uh, i was training with the titans i'm watching all these guys they're pre-season they're footy players they're throwing up outside they're like struggling i'm laughing my head off like yeah i'm fitter than these guys right yeah and then like i'm probably six weeks out of a fight uh, and I I remember I'm going in on the scales nearly every morning the strength and conditioning coach is weighing me in and he's like You're heavier. What the hell did you eat last night? And I'm like it was a tiny bag of like twisties right like potato and I'm like that was it and a piece of fruit That's all I ate and he's like every day. I was getting heavier and heavier and I I finished training in the morning and I'm walking up the stairs in my my duplex apartment and I'd get to the top of the stairs. I'm like, oh, my God, I must be so unfit. I can't hardly breathe, right? I've done the morning training session. I'd be like, gasping for air. And I'm like thinking, oh, what is going on? I just need to sleep. I'll have a sleep. I'll go train in the afternoon. Nine weeks later, I'm out in the front spewing in a, in a bucket, right, like in a bit. And then I'm meant to be sparring that afternoon. And I ring him at about 3 o'clock. I'm like, I just feel really sick. And he goes, oh, you've probably come down with a bug. That's probably why you're you're still getting a fat ass he's saying to me right because the weights my weight's going yeah. up down. I'm training so hard I'm eating like really really clean um and he said ring your sparring partner and just let them know hey I'm probably not I'm not feeling good so I rang him up and I said hey Emma I'm, I'm not feeling great like I'm I've been throwing up today I don't know what's going on and he said you couldn't be pregnant could you Shaz and I'm like yeah. what you, you actually
0: Uh-oh. We froze. Michael, is she frozen on your end? Can you, um, she probably can't even hear me, can she? Is my screen frozen too, Michael, or is it just hers? Oh, maybe she's doing a reset. Let's see if she comes back in. Hopefully her phone didn't die or something. Give it a second and see if she comes back me too there we go you
1: hello froze. my whole phone went bright pink the whole that screen was went weird. pink and pixelated and just went just died that's weird yeah so so listen so i i i say to him oh there's no way i can be pregnant you have to have sex to get pregnant i haven't had sex for it's gonna be months yeah. And then I've gone home and I, my mum's gone off to the – she's gone through hypnosis and everything over the last month and a half of, like, giving up smoking and stuff, right? This is like, I'm talking way back. And um, it's so funny. She goes off. I ring her. I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling real good, Mum. I said, Emma's made a comment about being pregnant. She goes, well, could you be? And I'm like, Steve and I have been separated. Like, we've been – it was nine weeks ago, Mum. There's no way. Or eight weeks back then. And um, funny enough, she goes to the shops because she's shopping. She goes and buys two packets packets of cigarettes and she never ended up opening. But she comes back with two pregnancy tests as well. And she said, I bought two just in case. One didn't work. So two pregnancy tests, two packs of cigarettes, and then they come come up positive. When I go to the doctors and I go and have a scan, he's like, oh, my gosh, you must be so excited you're having twins. And I'm like, what? 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 Oh, you know, so that just. That blew me away one i didn't want to be with the parent the father i never wanted to be the single mom like there was such a label um and i was in so much fear of like what's next and when, when do i fight next and where, what's going to happen and so that's kind of where my fight career had stopped but i remember the new management team they're like we've got to prep you for the media we've got to prepare you you these are the words you have to stay away from and i'm like what so Uh, it was a big a big wake-up call but you would have even for you like when when you fell pregnant just in the middle of your career like all of a sudden your identity has to change yeah you've got to become someone else and i didn't already have a child before that and i was just like who am i like i've grown myself to be this person and i've got Little, you'd walk down the street and you'd hear kids like, "Oh, that's sharing the wrong thing!" Like, yeah. you'd stop, you'd give them a cuddle, and you'd say hello, and you'd take a photo with them. And I'm like, "My God, like, who am I?" Do you know what I mean? Even to the point that when my my youngest, who is now, he's 12, he turned 12 in April. He was probably two, and I had agreed to go over to the states and fight. I'd been talking to a guy from the US for a while you know, for probably a year. And he's like, let's get you under US soil. I'll get sponsors, we'll get you fighting. I get all the way over there after the big WBC convention, the first ever women's um, boxing convention in Cancun. Yeah. Um, and I get to America and within two days, I realized it was all rubbish. He was not who he said he was. I took my kids, I took my nanny, and I'm like, and I remember ringing Mia saying, John, I'm in like a subway. And I ring Mia St. John and I'd only really got to know Mia at the convention. And I'm like, I'm being pulled, I'm being pulled to ask you, do you know Roy Jones Junior, because this is what's going on. And she's like, why didn't you ask me at the convention? I would have told you who this guy was. I would have told you that he's not a promoter or he's got nothing to do with promoting. And you know, he was, uh, anyway, so I just was like, I didn't even think about it. I was just, I'm on this journey, right. To get back in the ring and find my identity after being a mum. And it was so funny. Within like three minutes, I had Roy Jones Jr. send me a text message saying, "What's up?" Um, and I, I remember going into his gym, and I had such two really different experiences. I walked into the Floyd Mayweather gym the night before. Um, like, I, have you ever been to Floyd's gym?
0: Yes, when I when I went to the inductions last year. Ah, I okay. I there just to because I want because I wanted to go to the gym. So yeah, but we did went- you ever? He wasn't there. He never is. No.
1: Well, he probably is, but just not when everyone not else goes.
0: Not when everybody else goes.
1: I remember I remember going in to his gym. I remember I had to sign paper. I had to pay money. I had to walk through the door. And then I got to do some rounds on the pads with one of his uncles. I had to pay him some money. And then I went and did some bag work. And I just felt like I was the odd one out. I really did. Um, and no... I'm not saying anything nasty to anybody else, but I just felt like I was just in the wrong place. Like everyone was like looking at me funny. Like, well, I felt that they were, you know what I mean? And then the next day I go walking into Roy's gym um, and I wasn't going to go into Floyd's in the, like, I, I was like, oh, I wonder if I meet him. And, but I'm not, I'm not kind of a glory person like that, but I'm like, I'm being pulled to Roy Jones Jr. and I'm already here and I've got my kids here and I've like got no money left. I've got us over here. I've got to find us somewhere to stay. I need to find some way to make money. And I need to find a fight because I can't go back without having a fight. I literally can't. Like, how do you do that? How do you like uphold your whole family? Go overseas, and you're like, bum, bum. That right. was a joke. Like, I'm <laughs> like, shit. So I remember i had to walk through have you been did have you been to roy's gym in vegas i haven't no so you're going to go in and then you're going to go up some stairs and you will pass all the offices and then you oversee the only way in is through these stairs then you go back down some more stairs but when you get to the top of the landing you oversee the whole gym the cages they had a big cage there they had a boxing ring they had weights they had bags everywhere there's guys training and I could see him and, like, I'm so nervous, right? And it's in we're, Vegas? We're like,
0: huh? I mean, it's in Vegas? Yes. I didn't even know he had a gym in Vegas.
1: Well, this was a long time ago, remember, because my kids were, like, young and he's just turned 12. Well, yeah, so. still, I didn't even know he had one in Vegas. But I – so, yeah, and um, I've walked in and now I'm overseeing everyone. I'm all dressed up. I've got high heels on. I'm in normal clothes. You know, I've, got, I've just come in to say hello, meet and greet. Now, I've got a training bag just in case. And I remember standing at the top and he's looked up and he's seen me and he stopped every man in the place. And he said, now, I well, want you all to know, no woman has ever trained in here. You've all had women in here watching you train, you know, taking photos, all that kind of thing. But no woman has ever asked to walk into this gym and train and I've never invited a woman in here to train. And he said, now, that lady up there, has come all the way from Australia. She's won probably as many world titles as me. And he said, she deserves to be respected in this gym. And I'm like, I like wanted to cry. I'm like, I walked into Floyd's gym the day before feeling so uncomfortable, so out of, just right out of my comfort zone, but just even felt like no one really was like, oh my God, you're a world champion, nothing. It was like, you're just another person walks in the door, in the door. And Roy stopped everyone. And as I've come down the stairs, he goes, you need to get down here and say hello. And I've come down the stairs and we've we've been mates ever since. Like he is, I've had him on so many like um, webinars. I do webinars back in Australia with him. He's just a gentleman's gentleman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I have watched him. I, I took um, uh, Alicia Ashley. She was in Vegas. I'm like, come to Roy's gym. Come to Roy's gym. And she's like, can you go to Roy's gym I'm like I'll get you to Roy's gym come on um so he spent time with this but even her mum she wore a um a jacket that was from the boxing amateur boxing day that Roy had lost the supposed fight that he should have won which yeah. caused the upheaval right right back from 1980 something she had the jacket on and i went up to roy didn't really take much notice because he's training everybody and he's working with me and um with me and slick and then i said to him that's uh alicia's mum, and she's actually i don't know if you know what she's wearing and he's turned around taking one look but he's just walked up and he's hugged her and he's talking to her and he's the kind of man that when most fighters i remember seeing Saul alvarez walking away from the um the big knight of champions right yeah and i'm like he's a, he's, a, he's a, an amazing fighter but this old chubby lady was trying to get his autograph and they were just pushing her out the way and i'm like out of everyone you stop for out of everyone you stop for the one that probably needs it the most or right. could uplift your spirits the most you just walk past right right but with roy jones he would stay until the very end and speak to the last person. they had their last question and i'm like i love that man and his family forever to this you know it's to find go through the whole career right brooke you know what it's like shy men in the boxing industry there are so many like wicked evil horrible greedy men in the boxing industry to get to someone who's made it to the top over and over and over to be the biggest gentleman you'll ever see
0: yeah
1: right I've Roy's
0: never, never heard of meeting Roy, but I yeah, I would love love to meet Roy one day before my time is over. But yeah, I have not ever came across him, but um yeah, my husband and I are both fans of his. Um and yeah, I will yeah, I would love to meet him one day. Well because well, yeah, well, they're not yeah, yeah, well, there's and they're not like you said, there's a lot of them are not what you would call people like a people person or friendly no. um no. but when you come across one you just know you so. literally you could ask
1: him to come on to one of your
0: shows and he would come on to your show and he would well, talk. You, you said now this is supposed to be an only women's show oh, no. I, think I, on allow, I think i would allow i think i would definitely um allow one show uh if roy would want to come on the show you'll have to set that up with for me
1: absolutely absolutely i, I think even after nine weeks of training with him, like we went off to the Bahamas, I did some work while I was over there. I come back and I was gonna move all of my family to Florida to go and train. And my dad's like, he just said to me, you seriously, cause I have this motto, never leave a soldier behind. Like where you go, one, you go all. And they were my kids and like, I love them to pieces. Do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't, my parents like, you go and get this fight thing off your chest you go over there prepare for it and then come back we'll have the kids here i'm like there's no way there's no way i can leave my kids right i just couldn't do it um and when i come back my dad said to me do you remember everything you went through to become the pinnacle of the of your career do you remember everything do you remember the moods do you remember the way you like because your mood changes you become this like this you you become internally aggressive even though you don't mean to right?" And he said, do you really want to go through that with your kids and do you want them to see that side of you now or do you want to look at something else? And I think that was a really big wake-up call to me as well. It was a really, really big wake-up call to me. It was like, am I here to still hit women, like to fight women, be physically brutal to women after I become a mum? Or am I here to raise women and lift women up and create something completely different? And that's kind of where I ended up. Um, I do share I want to share two quick stories with you my very very first fight ever um, I'm in these white silky boxes like that were just just there was no class in women's boxing until we brought it in with color right. and and diamonds and skirts and all sorts of things right um, but I remember I went up to they were gonna call me into the ring and the fight promoter come up he goes oh, I'm I need a fight name I'm like ah oh, no idea no idea I've got no idea and I'm like, let me go and ask. And he's like, oh no no, I'm gonna call you Silky Smooth. I'm like, you are not. Like, remember back then, I was like, I was aggressive, I was rough, I'd hit myself, I'd be jumping up and down the spot, screaming, oh, trying to get yeah. ready to get in the ring, right? And I'm like, Silky Smooth, no way. And I went up to my dad and I said, Dad, I need, I need a fight name. And he's gonna call me Silky Smooth. And if he does that, I'm not stepping through those ropes. And he goes, I don't know, you don't, you don't fight like a girl, and you don't look like a guy. You're just some kind of wild thing. And I'm like, well, oh my wait,
0: God! I was going to ask you how you got your nickname, <laughs> Wild thing. That,
1: like, that's it. That's it. Um, and I think the other, the other story I really wanted to touch on, like, um, I remember when I was being offered like a package. Like, I, I was working for the government. I was an investigator for the government, and I was probably earning about two thousand a fortnight. Um, that would be back in. Oh, that was back in 90, probably 92, 93. I was earning a lot of money. Like back then it was crazy. And I I said to mum, I said, I know it's really important because we're taught from a young age, get a go to school, good grades, the whole lot. Oh, my God, I got in so much trouble at school. But good grades do the whole thing and you'll get paid good money and you need to make good money to have a good life right we're all that's just jam-packed into us forever yeah. and I said to Mom, like I know what's really important is that I stay in this job and I work hard mum and I make more money and I can buy houses for everyone and like that was where my head was at and I said I just don't know how I'm going to be able to train to become a world champion. And that's, she knew my dream. Like she knew my dream. And you know what she said to me? Cause I said, they've offered me a redundancy package Mum, So this could be my opportunity. And you know what she said to me? She said, when you're 80 in your eighties and you're sitting around with your kids and your grandkids, do you want to say you could have been, or you
0: were? That, and I'm like, That is a statement what? right there
1: oh my gosh yeah so she was like my number one fan she liked everything to do with fight preparation or anything my mum was always there like always there if she wasn't helping me with whatever i needed when it come to in the kitchen and making sure i was getting enough sleep and making sure i was getting taken to all the right training sessions she was literally like selling tickets for people to come watch me fight it was amazing. amazing so yeah, they're probably one of the the big things that I wanted to share because they just really impacted me and uh, something that I would like all women to take away with them. Like when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and you want to try something that is so out of the normal or so uncomfortable for you, uh, do the same thing. Ask the question my mum asked me when you when you're sitting there in, in your 80s and you have got your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, do you want to would have been or do you want to say you were? Like, yeah. it's, so many women well, we pull that out.
0: Is like that needs um its own trademark you should trademark that statement yeah and thank you that's a great idea Like, seriously you could make a fortune off of that quote yeah that's amazing yeah i love
1: it i just lost mum in january so it's um yeah it's definitely been an interesting year but um you just I love that you're in a. I'm in a space where you can consistently get to reflect. I do yes. life the way I do life. I don't do life the way the government wants me to do life. I don't do life the way schools want me to do life. I, my my kids learn. I'm now the president of a basketball club. You know, my kids are all into basketball. A couple of them were fighting, and I'm just like, do I really want them to go down that path? Do I really, as a as a woman, it was hard enough, but as a man, there's so many more out there. Like, do I really want that path? So who knows what the future will bring. Yeah. But at the moment, um, you know, they're having fun in a completely different sport. I remember Roy saying that he had played a a basketball game and fought for a world title on the same day just to show people it could be done.
0: Yeah. That's so phenomenal. It really is. Well, if nothing else, you should get the quote and you should um, go on to, like, one of those sites and, like, make it into a picture and hang it on the wall.
1: Yeah, I love it. Thank you.
0: For sure. I love that. Um, Speaking of stories and amazing stories, I've asked every single person on the show, you know, just like I know, but people just seem to like pretend like they don't know. But all the females, especially back in the day, have been through a lot of BS in the sport, things that we just should not have to go through, shouldn't have to deal with being women in this male predominant sport. Can you share um, maybe one of your worst experiences as far as being a female and stuff that you had to go through or witness?
1: Oh my gosh, there's been quite a few. So I'll share. I'll share something that just to try and get in the ring as a sanctioned fight, right? For this is right early on in my career, I had to turn up to the um, Queensland Boxing um, Association, Queensland the Queensland National Boxing Federation, um, just to go into meetings to try and get them to say, yes, I'll sanction a woman's fight, right? Because right. literally, and like, I get it, I get it. These men have been around for a long time. They're fought. they they're passionate about what they're doing. They're passionate about holding the sport of boxing in good stead, the whole kick caboodle. but Like, at the end of the day, wake up. I was hearing things like, thank you, darling. One of my boys has just put some food down. How lovely is he? <laughs> um, I was like, all I wanted to do was get in the ring and compete. And they were the thing that was stopping me. It was like, if you can't fight a sanctioned fight, you're not recognized, you're not this, you're not that. Yeah. Um, And I remember them saying like, to the ridiculous point was, if a referee you on the boob as they're separating you, you can file for sexual harassment. And I'm like, my first thing was, because back then I had no boobs, I had no kids. And I'm like, I don't even have boobs, who cares? It's a normal way to separate someone. And then I was getting asked questions like, if you're having your menstrual cycle during the time, and I'm like, "Like, where is the brain capacity of some of these people? Yeah. Right. So this is some of the stuff you had to go through just to get sanctioned to climb through the ropes, right? So being able to get to that point where I could be sanctioned and climb through the ropes, that was massive. It was crazy. Um, then you had to go through there was crazy stuff like everyone wanted to be if a guy wanted to become like a a, a businessman wanted to become your manager it was to yeah. get in your pants to get in your pants no other reason yeah we'll flick a little bit of money make it look good and at the end of the day i'm going to try and put a ring on your finger or like it, it was it was constant and then just whether you could go into a gym and train at the same time that men trained yeah. right could you go in and train with men absolutely not you had to wait till they were done yeah. Right, cuz there'd be some superstar in there that didn't want a girl to train the same gym as him. Yeah. Right. And I'm not, I won't mention names. I don't want to insult people or put people down, but you know, to the point of like you would work with someone and how sleazy they are. And yeah. you would be you literally the show would be surprised at who the sleazy people are.
0: Oh. They would be I really surprised at all. <laughs> no, but, you put them uh, the general public probably would be surprised. Absolutely and it's like and you know it when when people are being sleazy
1: and then it's you, you, you're painted to be someone else you're painted to be a different person and yeah. oh my gosh you go through every form of mental abuse as a female fighter every yeah. form whether it's in a physical relationship with a man or whether it's just someone want to be your manager your trainer your promoter uh, like i think in america um it was I had a lot of fun in America when I went over there I literally moved over there for three months with my dad just to get a fight like I just I couldn't fight and no one wanted to fly me over there so dad and I were like let's go mum said you two pack up and go I'll look after everything here go and get her in the ring and that's when I actually had my first debut over there like the the extremes you had to go through yeah if I was a guy if I had a penis not only would I multiple millions of dollars I would have been signed up, flown over, looked after massage you name it like yep. <laughs> So when we look at the stuff in women's boxing, I would say especially it's probably still the same now but what we had had to go through as women to get in the ring the sexual like the the sexual side of things, the mental abuse, the you're never worthy
0: crazy. Well, that kills me about the separating with the good the, him touching your breasts. Like, I don't think anybody is going to separate you and like grab your breath. That kills, that cracks me up because that's how you separate people.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, I don't think they're like trying to grab anything. They're just trying to break up, break it up.
1: Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's the mentality of what that's most men line. have. <laughs> Are, I remember after my first fight, uh, on the Joe Bugner um, undercard, it was massive. Um, Where there was five thousand people, minimum of five thousand people at um, Carrara Stadium, and I was like, they would said to me, "You're not going to go in. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to go ahead with this fight." And I was just like, "What? What? What do you mean? We're not. We've decided we're not going to go ahead with the fight." And I'm like you can just pack up your gear and I'm like you can't be serious so I've said to my dad I'm out I'm going he goes where are you going And I'm like just follow me and I just walked out walked out to the ring I got in the ring and I'm like dad's like what the hell are you doing I've walked past some incredible fighters right and heard some crazy slants of you should be in the kitchen or a bedroom right from male fighters and I've got in the ring i've grabbed the microphone and i said i've been told no one here wants to see two women fight so i want to know from the audience do you want me to stay in the ring and go toe to toe with someone else or do you want me to get out and the whole place went crazy and i just didn't get out of the ring it's like the steps you have to take
0: yeah
1: sure you can go ahead and have your fight is crazy crazy
0: Crazy. yeah but when you're when you're passionate, you do it, don't you? Yeah, you just do it anyway. And you just kind of like sweep it under the rug because that's really your only option if you want to do what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of ignore it. Um, you also, though, were inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame 2020. Um, congratulations on that achievement. Can you tell us about that special phone call that you got and what that means to you? Oh, so good. I love that you brought that up because
1: Sue Fox is like an incredible, the most incredible human. Yeah, She has done so much to bring awareness of women's boxing and with female fighters and what we go through and her own experience as a fighter. What she's created with the Women's Boxing Archive Network, um so if anyone that doesn't know what that is WBAN look it up it's amazing everything you'll find everything on there if there's if you can't find someone on there and they're competing you need to get them on to Sue so, so you can follow up but when you I hadn't even made I remember ringing the Australian um, Boxing Hall of Fame I remember reading a guy i had been retired for seven years and I remember ringing him at like 10 o'clock at night saying I'm going through some of the people that have been inducted over the last 10 years. And like, I'm just curious, like, do I need to be dead? Do I actually need to be dead? I've retired, retired a long time ago. Even though I went back to America to, to train and to compete, no one knew I was competing. No one had any idea. And I was like, why is it as a woman, all these other fighters here in Australia are being brought in as all the famers and they haven't even won a world title. They've got knocked out or whatever, like, or, I just I couldn't believe it so when the international I like when I got that call from Sue that I'd been inducted oh my god I'm like my own country can't recognize me but America can like oh my god and it just my dad showed me some posters he's like you're not gonna believe this kid like oh I just like, I didn't even know how to explain it it was like it's like your whole world opens up you know you're at the other side of the career now and now you're in a Hall of Fame and it's like what did I create to make that happen? Yeah. Cause I wasn't, you weren't an average, you weren't an average Joe blow. Yeah. Right. You just, you yeah. weren't the average person you, are someone that went above and beyond and just kept pushing through the walls and the barriers to keep going. Yeah. And that, that lit up my life. It was like, Oh my God, I can't even believe, I couldn't even believe people remembered me for one. Um, but two, it was like the whole, the ability to be recognized from internationally, by the biggest organization in regards to women's boxing
0: just yeah, yeah melt my heart man, they were yeah totally totally um i had the very same reaction yeah and love suit to death um are you going to go to this year's inductions for the anniversary so i was going yeah but i couldn't with all the stuff with
1: covid we were like and roy was actually going to come with me i was inducted last year i know i remember and i wanted to be
0: there for it and i just i couldn't get i couldn't get on a plane oh no so um, come this year is the 10 year anniversary
1: yeah so well i'll have to drag four kids with me because they don't like me going anywhere
0: (laughs) um yeah we i will be there uh my husband and i will be there for the anniversary so invite us back for obviously uh, special guest but I mean, everybody's invited it's the anniversary
1: yeah that's amazing yeah. she's done incredible such an incredible job since then i've been inducted in, into the australian national boxing hall of fame yeah um, inducted to into the queensland hall of fame um yeah so now i've been inducted into three now i'm like how do i get into that other one that everyone goes to in america how do i get into that one
0: yeah, the, action, the Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah. um, I don't know how you get into that one. And, you know, I have the same reaction, though, too, um, when I got that call and got inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame, because I've still yet to be inducted into the Illinois Boxing Hall of Fame, which is, I mean, I don't live in Illinois now, but that's where my entire career was. I've lived my entire life. So, and people used to ask me, like, how did you get into that one but you're not even in the, like how did you not get in the illinois one first like you're from illinois and and, you know because every state has their own hall of fame and i said I don't yeah. know. i don't know same thing same thing
1: look at look at who's running it i just i just look and think look. what what is what is it with men especially the older generation that they just can't recognize a female for doing something incredible in their in the the male dominated
0: arena oh we had another blackout. There we go. Oh, I lo- we lost your sound. Can you still hear me? <laughs> we got to do another reset. Oh. Yeah, I can't hear you still. My head might have to, um, might have to refresh again. There we go. All right, guys, we're, we're almost through. we got to get her back in there. Her phone's probably getting hot. Hello? Yeah. Hello. Hello?
1: um my son i'm out of my four boys one of my boys has got down
0: syndrome and he's trying to ring me from upstairs oh that's what it was because i i was like wait she went black oh no she's back it went black for a second probably because your phone was ringing
1: is is are you allowed to even say that these days
0: Yeah, you know, on my show, you can say anything. There, this is a no holds bar show. We say, we say whatever we want over here. Oh, I
1: love it! I love it! I've had so much fun. Yeah, well, I've had so much fun, and I um, one Illinois, the Illinois Hall of Fame needs to wake up. They really do. They yeah, need. To I
0: there's a guy that reached out um I don't know, a year or so, like last year, right? Like after that, and um, they said that I would be inducted the next year. They have it, but I apparently they didn't have one this year because I they're in April and I didn't get a call. So they must not have one. Maybe I, I don't know whenever I guess they have enough people to induct they have one that year. I'm not really sure how it works. But <laughs> supposedly I'll get a call uh, one day when they have one.
1: Well, I hope, I
0: hope so. Yeah, <laughs> they're uh, lost anyway. It is what it is. We'll see. But yeah, the the, the, um, the other, I don't know if it's the boxing hall of fame in New York, that will be a fun one to do. So maybe one day we'll, we'll make that one too. Uh, what advice though, would you give to aspiring female fighters, female fighters who are looking to make a mark in the sport themselves? Oh,
1: I think the most important thing is one, make sure it's your passion. Um, that's probably the most important thing go and learn, learn as much as you can and, you know, train and train and train because the only way, you know, it's so funny because these days people like, even at basketball, people will like go throw half a dozen baskets. They won't get dinner. They're like, oh, God, I can't even shoot a basket. I'm like, have you got any idea how many jabs I threw on a bag, on pads, like millions, millions? My, like one training session you'd be doing like 30 rounds in a training session way back then before we realized how important recovery was but yeah i'm like go and learn the art go and have fun while you're doing it and just challenge yourself as much as you can These yeah the most women that say to me oh i could never watch boxing or i could never this i'm like you've never gone and hit a bag like the mo- it's the most amazing feeling to let stuff go out of your body it's yeah, so for me it's like go and chase your dreams, baby. Go and chase them because all we're all here for something different. We're all here to make our mark and experience something different. And I say to people all the time, you, we we're here for we're here for one one massive round of life, right? Yeah. How much stuff can you jam pack in that while you're here? Yeah. Go on to the days where like I don't follow like I said before, I'd I, I do not follow the rules, right? I don't follow the rules. I don't stick to one job to you like 80 and then retire like absolutely not jam pack as much stuff as you can into what you can if, if that was not my motto to jam pack as much into my life as I can while I can I would never have gone and said yep I'll come to America yep I'll try again yep I'll do this yep like go and chase your dreams and then surround yourself by more women that can help you get there
0: Absolutely. surround
1: yourself by more women that are going to guide you in the way that's going to get you there every step of the way
0: There's Yeah, plenty of us out there Definitely, definitely. Very good advice. Um, what is what's the what legacy or impact do you hope to leave behind in the sport or what is it that you want everyone to remember you for most
1: to remember me foremost,
0: I would have to say
1: for me, it's about having young girls and women be able to look and say, If she can do it, I can do it. And not even just about boxing, but if she can step outside the boundaries. I was like, you know, I was this young girl born in a country town in the middle of nowhere. Like half the town's like locked, pretty much locked up now. It's like dead beat nothing. Well, it's not that bad, but do you know what I mean? Like I was blown away when I went back about 15 years ago and there was boards across everywhere and it's like, I remember just saying to my parents you've got to get us out of here yeah. out of this area if we're going to go somewhere you got to get us out of here do you yeah. know what i mean but what i want to be remembered by is one the person that always made someone feel special like just i always had time i've always yeah. got time i'll stop and listen to anyone and i'll have yeah. the conversation but just and also the person that is just the one that is driven you to push beyond what you think you can. I think the other thing I want people to just to remember me by is just helping more women realize that you got to fall in love with you first. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I was thinking about it before I come on the show. Did we fight so well in the ring? Because we were fighting against ourselves and our own belief of what we could have been, who we should have been and what we could have done and where we could have. Do you know what I mean? What did we really fight? Did we fight the people or were we fighting all of the things that we were brought up against? Right. All of the, you're only a woman. Oh, no one listens. Like, I'm reading a romance novel. I haven't read romance for like since I was probably 15. I'm reading a romance novel that talks about how the men in the family, the men in the family, the daughter gets sold off. Like, literally, gets, they're given a, the family's given a gift for the daughter to marry on. Right. And I'm like, were we fighting all of those, you know, generations of beliefs of of how we are never enough apart from being yeah. baby makers to stand tall and stand strong and just go you can be whatever you
0: want to be you just got to make the decision yeah yeah 100 definitely 100 agree with that uh speaking of the boxing and stuff like that and other women what do you think of women's boxing today i think
1: it's come a long way it's come a long way from where it was um, I'm probably out of the loop a little bit because I'm so busy being a mum and running basketball and just spending time living life. So um, I did get to spend some time uh, at a show. Um, uh, I, well, it would have been about three months ago when Lady Ram came over. Like, we got to meet in person and that was amazing. And I think I think we've, we've gone to a whole new level. Um, and I think those of us that have been here for so long get to appreciate the more of us that we get to meet and
0: like yeah. damn how we like what was inside us to make that happen it's just incredible yeah. totally incredible totally uh, is there anything else that you want to let people know or that we didn't discuss that you want to talk about before we wrap things up tonight
1: um not that i can think of i think if anything um to anyone everyone out there become a question asker Become someone who asks questions. When you stand next to someone that could be interesting, ask them questions. So what did you do different? How did you, what What was the moment that made you change your mind or made you make a decision? Find out what the clincher was. Find out what it was that drove someone because their answer can impact you greatly and that could take you on a completely different trajectory to where you are. Yeah. That's probably about all. Become a question asker. Get interested in people. Because even if you're not your own stuff or being you know running your own business we still are a business every day we're a business we're a business to make sure our kids want to buy what we want to tell them to do you know we're, we're always functioning become a question asker and really start getting to know more people yeah powerful
0: stuff very good very good advice definitely 100 agree with that um before we go though let everybody know where they can follow you on social media or if they want to learn more about you or they can get some more info
1: uh yeah i'm pretty easy it's just Sharon you on facebook or sharon Annios on instagram uh i'm not a huge social media person but if you reach out there's sharon on the Agnes page if you reach out i will find time to, to to make an effort and come and talk to you so please feel free um brooke you're doing amazing i'm so grateful thank you for giving me an opportunity thank you for sharing some stories with me as well it's yeah it's been beautiful
0: I will. Yes, it's been it's been an honor. I'm super excited um, to have you on the show uh, again. Yeah, we'll make some connections. We'll talk off uh, um, off air, but make some connections. Maybe we can get some some more cool people on the show. Um, but, we'll, we'll work but yeah, it's been a, it's been an honor. I loved I loved your career. You were you retired right at the beginning of my career so um I knew you well I knew all about you when I went pro I knew all about the career um and like that's the one thing I tell everybody like I enjoy so much because like I feel like not everybody that I have on but I know a lot about a lot of the fighters um but I always learn something new every single interview yeah. I that I didn't know about the person or just some interesting stories it's just really all about the stories and I hope um eventually it catches on and it blows up and all the upcoming girls start watching um and just learning from all the other fighters whether it's a current fighter or a past fighter you can learn from every one of them um so hopefully one day we'll get that big and we'll get a huge um crowd of people watching the show and everybody can just learn about everybody because everybody's stories are different and special and I will make sure that
1: I reach out to special guests and make sure we can get him on your show
0: Sounds good. Um, I will um, look forward to that. We'll talk off air about it and uh, get that set up. Um, that will be a great, great show to add to the show. But again, appreciate you for being here. Hopefully one day in the future, we'll get to meet in real in person and um, do some more chatting. But you can reach out to me anytime. I'm I'm a busy mom, too, and working just like you. But I always make time for people. So anytime. Yeah, it's beautiful. You love right, you, well, you have a blessed day um, yes. because it's day for you over there and it's 9 30 PM for me over here. So I'm going to go finish doing some cooking for our event. We have tomorrow for the barbecue business uh, before heading off to bed, but you have a great day. I love it. You too. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone. Thank you so, so much for joining me tonight on another amazing episode of no punches pulled with no mercy. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Please do make sure you like, subscribe and share, share, share these episodes. Okay. Spread the word. Let's get some more people in here from week to week to hear all these amazing, amazing stories. Don't forget. There's also now a donate button below. If you want to donate, it goes directly to me and my show. Uh, greatly appreciate it. If not, I'm just happy you guys are here with me. That's really what it's all about. Um, Please do make sure you guys are following me on my social media account so that you can see who's going to be on the show every single week. I post it on there so you guys know who's coming up each week. Uh, But I have two pages. One, of course, no punches pulled with no mercy. And then I have my other page, which is Brooke, no mercy, Deardorff, hashtag Millbrook, which is my boxing page. But I post it on all of them. Uh, But that's across all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, Follow me on all of them. Uh, But again, thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in with me tonight on another episode of No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. I will see you again same place. Same time next Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the next episode of No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. Until then, remember, punch hard because nothing else matters. (laughs) Good night, y'all.